0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Doc Buddy Journal. This is your host, Eric Sunset. You are listening to episode 25. We're recording this one on Thursday, June 8th, 2023. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening again. Either way, we are really glad to have you here. Got another two-topic show uh, ready to go for you here. Uh, two, the two topics we're gonna cover are about a new AI doctor predicting hospital readmission and other health outcomes, And our second topic is around how COVID-19 worsened already troubling levels of physician burnout, and this is actually a long-form article you can read on docbuddy.com slash blog. If you're listening to this uh, this week, that'll be the first thing you see in our blog feed. If not, you might have to uh, scroll down a block or two to get to it. So let's go. Let's start with the new AI doctor predicting hospital readmissions and other health outcomes. This is actually coming from a press release uh, from NYU, New York University, and I wanted to give this one some special attention because I've been a little bearish on the use of LLMs, and that's a large language model in healthcare. You've heard me discuss the, uh, the press release from that week of hymns that eClinicalWorks and Epic are putting essentially chat GPT, which is an LLM, that's a class of, uh, of technology or a type of technology in their EHRs. Um, I don't necessarily love that. I think you're opening up Pandora's box a little bit by doing so. And some of the reasons for that, just as a quick refresher, With these LLMs and with any predictive analytics and machine learning, um, and you know, I can't help but poke the bear a little bit. These are not artificial intelligence; they are machine learning, predictive analytics. Now, with these, your outputs are only as good as the inputs that train the model or the data that you're using uh, against an established model to get you to that output. So that's a cause for concern because not 100% of every single encounter and every single medical record for every single patient is necessarily accurate, right? And then secondarily, if you're going to rely on an LLM to give you an output that's going into a patient's chart, you're then going to have to review it. And with all of these extra steps and considerations to be made, uh, who's going to do that? We know physicians are already burned out by their technology, so you're going to then ask them to review the outputs from a large language model. So I don't love it for those reasons. Not to say that it can't become something good, but at this stage of the game, I'm a little bearish. Uh, but to get us back on topic, so NYU developed uh, an AI model that can predict outcomes by reading physicians' notes. They, they picked a great name for their, uh, for their tool, by the way, NYU Tron nyutron maybe they're calling it neutron i'm calling it nyutron i think that sounds a little cooler a little more space age and then just for a quick refresher on llm's large language models it's a type of artificial intelligence algorithm that uses deep learning techniques and massively large data sets to understand summarize generate and predict new content and what NYU did was actually really cool. Um, they trained their NYU Tron model using unaltered text from their electronic health records to make useful assessments about patient health status. And we'll uh, we'll come back to that in just a second. But to get all of their um, all their modeling in place, they looked at 336,000 men and women who'd received care within the NYU Langone hospital systems between January 2011 and May 2020. This gave them a 4.1 billion word cloud, uh, which is included in any record written by a doctor, such as uh, radiology reports, patient progress notes, and discharge instructions, among among others, I would imagine. And uh, in their press release, they say that notably, language was not standardized among physicians, and the program could even interpret abbreviations. So anybody that's ever worked with data at scale knows that standardizing it is by far the most painful part of the process. It takes the longest, it takes the most double checking, because again, we need to make sure that our model is built on solid foundations, we need to make sure that it's standardized, that data can be classified. So think about a really big Excel table and being able to get A really nice clean tidy pivot table uh, that's derived from that data what NYU did is they're saying you know what we're going to bypass that step because we have the technology we have the expertise to develop something where we don't have to spend a ton of time standardizing medical records which we alluded to it a second ago the program that they built could even interpret abbreviations Uh, Doctors all have a sort of their own style of documenting a note, didn't have to standardize a single thing. And uh, this is important because in a non-LLM world where you're using just regular old statistics, you know, pick your your poison with regards to which regression analysis that you want to run. You do need standardized data. You can't have a 4.1 billion word cloud and just have at it with uh, with classical mathematics, and get anything useful out of it, or get something out of it that you have confidence in, obviously. But because NYU Tron is an LLM, and it is patently cool, like I said, I've been a little bearish when we talk about it being jammed into EHRs, like what are the repercussions? Does that LLM understand your organization's policies? Will it adhere to them? Will it go rogue? And not rogue in the Skynet sense, but give you something that it shouldn't, right? But because NYU Tron is an LLM, they bypassed the step of formatting all the data, and their results are pretty powerful. Uh, in the press release, the results revealed that the program could predict 80% of those who were readmitted, which is roughly a 5% improvement over, a, uh, over standard. And then going even deeper down that rabbit hole, NYU Tron identified 85% of those who died in the hospital, which is a 7% improvement over standard methods, and estimated 79% of patients' actual length of stay, uh, which is a 12% improvement over the standard model. So you're looking at 12%, 7%, 5% improvements. And while those may not feel that large, you know, comparison to a 50 or 75% or a 90% improvement, We're talking about patients, and we're talking about their health outcomes. So having greater uh, power to predict these outcomes is huge, even if it's only 1%. If you were that patient, of course you would want the 1% improvement versus not having it, right? I mean, like, that goes without saying. And then the final... um, The final bell and whistle that we're going to call out from NYUTRON is that the tool also successfully assessed the likelihood of additional conditions accompanying a primary disease. So that's comorbidity index. Um, And then on the revenue cycle side, it could also predict the chances of an insurance denial. So you get really powerful uh, predictive capability with NYUTRON. And then what's the next question you ask, right? Like the next step from predicting is actually being able to intervene and head off these mortalities, be able to shorten stays and actually lessen the readmissions. So it's a brand new tech and it obviously has this boatload of predictive power. I didn't see anything in the press release. I don't want to pick on it. I don't want to pick on it at all because it is, it is cool. They're using... an emerging technology, LLMs, to do good for patients and their health outcomes. And that's cool. Like, I'm all for that. I love that. So not picking on it, but didn't see anything in the press release that discussed next steps. But I would bet the farm that the good folks at NYU are already thinking about how they can use this data to intervene. And I'm hoping that their next press release will be about how they can accomplish these things. So let's pivot. Let's jump into topic two. COVID 19 worsened already troubling levels of physician burnout. Like I said, this is new long form content on docbuddy.com slash blog. Of course, I'll have the link to this article in the show notes for you. And if you're a regular listener of the DocBuddy Journal, or if you just have a pulse, you know our stance on physician burnout. We think it's bad. And our solutions actively work to lessen these feelings of burnout. And I'll invite you, if you're not already familiar, visit DocBuddy.com. You can see all about that. And in the past, we've harped on legacy technology being a key driver of physician burnout. It is. It's going to be that way for a while. And uh, that's just the sort of sad state of affairs with legacy technology and healthcare we haven't really peeled back the onion on the impact that COVID-19 had on physician burnout and healthcare worker burnout until now. Now we've got this great article on on the DocBuddy blog, uh, which I invite you to take a look at. And really looking at COVID as a driver for burnout, it's kind of obvious why that would be, like why that would lessen, or excuse me, worsen already prominent feelings of burnout within the physician and provider and healthcare worker community. So to state the obvious, through the pandemic, a lack of PPE, so personal protective equipment, and an overwhelming surge of patients are kind of like a no-brainer, right? Like, of course, if you already didn't like your job, that would make you like it even less. Uh, But to give you an idea of the scale of the surge of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 through the period, 3.6 3.6 million Americans ended up in the hospital because of COVID-19. And when you look at the, the total population of the U.S. against that 3.6 that were hospitalized, it doesn't give you a huge percentage. It's about 1%, as a matter of fact. Pretty darn close to 1%, depending on which census numbers you look at. But that's, that's a huge number to be hospitalized in such a short period of time. Uh, huge to the extent that it's it's impractical. It's too many people hospitalized. I mean, you heard the horror stories of all the well, the hallways lined with patients, and you know what do we do with them all? So that can't be understated. And a huge thank you uh, to our healthcare workers through the pandemic for gutting that out, making sure people got the care that they needed uh, through that time. Really, all the time. Thank you to our healthcare workers just in general. How about that? And these, these challenges with the lack of PPE, the overwhelming surge of patients that we discussed, this actually led to uh, something you can't really, really quantify, but that, that was moral injury. And this is a phenomenon that occurs when factors like excessive workloads prevent staff from being able to perform in alignment with their sense of moral obligation to patients. So how do you measure that? tough to say. Uh, I'm not sure there is an assessment for moral injury. If there is, I'm sure a listener will correct me on that, but that's a subjective, a subjective measure, so you'll be able to get directionality out of it if, uh, if there is a measure that exists. One thing you can measure, though, is that uh, moral injury as a cause of self-reported burnout among physicians is, uh, is certainly a factor in the fact that nearly 25% physicians reported increased feelings of burnout between December 2020 and December 2021. So I'll say that again a little more clearly. Self-reported burnout among physicians increased almost 25% between December 2020 and December 2021. And just to restate the timeline in case you're kind of in a, a COVID wormhole like so many people are, we didn't really see the broad effect of COVID in the US until mid to late March of 2020. So then you go the rest of the way through the year for this stat. You get to December 2020 and then on to 2021, 25% increase in feelings of burnout. And it's not hard to see why. I mean, we saw it on the news. It was, it was rammed down our throats every single day of the year, watching watching the news, being online. It was all COVID all the time. So that it's I mean, 25% is a problem, but that it's only 25%, um, you know, it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. So do spend the five or so minutes to read uh, this new piece on DocBuddy.com. And we'll get you all the insights you could ever ask for into COVID as a driver of burnout. That will be linked in the show notes, of course. And with that, let's put a bow on the episode. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to the DocBuddy Journal. To learn more about DocBuddy and our solutions, please visit DocBuddy.com. Get in touch with us using the uh, contact form. We'll set up a demo for you. We'll set up an intro call. We'll show you everything that you need to see to be confident in your decision to utilize DocBuddy, whether you're in the clinic, on call at the surgery center, or somewhere in between. And then finally, be sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, since so you're always getting the newest episodes of the Doc Buddy Journal. Until next time, on behalf of the entire DocBuddy team, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.